Episode one is dedicated to Paul and Jerry, longtime supporters of all my creative passions. They've been a part of all my first-time adventures, from photography to video and now my podcast. Thank you for all your support and your belief in me. Especially thank you for your donation towards this project. I am forever grateful for all you've done. Welcome to Out, a podcast where people share their coming out stories. Today we have Diana. Diana, I like to ask every person that comes on the same five questions. Name, age, occupation, how long you've been out, and describe your perfect day. Okay, so my name is Diana. Uh, my age is 58, and I've been... Um, it's That's a hard question because... Uh, is coming out when you're telling people or is coming out when you have your first experience? I think that's uh, completely personal, whichever you feel. Okay, so, um, all right, well, I can just answer that uh, double. Uh, 19 was my first experience, and I would say 22 is when I declared myself gay. Okay, yeah. and then what's your, what's your occupation? So I have a hair salon in Berkeley, California. And then describe your perfect day. My perfect day is um, definitely being active, being with my partner, Stephanie, and my dog, Bear, and being outside at the beach, doing a hike, just uh, relaxing, but um, being outside for sure. Yeah, a little active, a little relaxed. Yeah, a little active, a little relaxed. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Well, awesome. Thank you for coming on and telling your story. Um, I'm gonna let you tell your story. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna interrupt you. And if I do have any questions, I'll save them for after I feel that you're finished with telling your story. Okay. So um, I moved out of my house when I was 17, and I got a job as a bank teller. I I was actually uh, a pretty gr- good kid in high school, and I can't kind of ran amok in the bank. I kind of grew up in the bank. And I work with a lot of young people, and so I, when I see them going through things, I can kind of relate to um, the running amok part. So I uh, had a boyfriend, and he actually lived upstairs in the apartment upstairs. I had worked at the bank for probably about a year and a half, two years. Another teller um, came on. Her name was Lynn. And she was 14 years older than me, so she was 38. We just had, she'd been married for 14 years and just had this wild side and really wanted to explore things, and she was just a lot of fun. She And she actually was married when, uh, when we met. And so we would go see the police and uh, go to, you know, concerts and, um, you know, just do a lot of really fun things. And we ended up getting together. And um, Lynn's response to that was to shout it from the rooftops. And my response was much more private. Um, And it was um, actually a a wonderful experience and a difficult experience because um, as Lynn was sharing the experience with people, part of her really wanted to be rebellious and she was tired of being what she called a housewife for 14 years and um, I was not mentally prepared for the backlash that I got. Um, I lived in San Jose, California and it was a very conservative area. I remember one day I, I left the bank and literally there were five women bank tellers at my car 
and they were calling me a lezzy. And um, I didn't know that Lynn had said anything, so I wasn't prepared for that. And um, it was it was really difficult. And I worked with these people, especially one of them was really cruel. And so um, it was uh, it was challenging. And actually being at the bank, you know, for starting so young, um, a lot of the officers in the bank felt they felt connected to me. And so the vice president of the bank called me into his office and said, tell me this isn't true what I'm hearing. And I said, it's not true. And I just denied it, denied it, denied it. And um, it was, it was um, really scary. And I grew up Catholic. And so I had this conflict, like feeling like I was going to go to hell. And that was really hard. And so I had a lot of shame. So Lynn and I, you know, I we ended up living together. And it was actually a disaster. <laughs> she had three kids and, um, we, you know, wanted to, you know, kind of be wild. And I, I was a little more traditional and I wanted a relationship that, that didn't work out so well. So I had left my apartment that I could afford, which was, I mean, I think it was like $300 a month. And then I didn't know where I was going to live because I, I, had, I had left that apartment. It was a really great deal. You know, at, at the time that Lynn and I were together, I'm just going to back up a little bit. We actually didn't know any gay people. So I had a fake ID at the time. And if we went out, we would go to straight bars. And it was like there was no community. There was no one to talk to. One day, uh, a teller, um, another teller, uh, his name was Bob, um, showed up and he was always going to San Francisco and he just said girl we're going to San Francisco and we went to San Francisco and we went to the end up and I was 19 and they had a jockstrap contest <laughs> and, uh, and I had never I had never seen anything like that it was predominantly men and I just never seen anything like that and so um I felt extremely lost during this period. Ended up literally that very day meeting someone, uh, a woman in the bar who gave me drugs. And um, I went down a pretty dark road for um, about a year and a half, two years. Um, I moved to San Francisco and she was my roommate. She was a straight woman. I, I did have a crush on her, but I would never, ever tell her that. I worked at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco, and I just went down a very, very dark road that I learned a lot, basically left San Francisco a year, year and a half later. I probably weighed 90 pounds. I, I was just not, not in good shape. I went back to the bank that I worked at and went back to college and was dating men at that point. And then um, a couple years later, I maybe about a year later, I, um, you know, it was really about exposure. Uh, it was another teller. Obviously, I was very influenced by my fellow tellers. Had a girlfriend that showed up. I looked at her, and I, I actually didn't know that this other teller was gay. And um, her name was Cindy, and she asked me to join a softball team. 
And it was just like a really great experience. So she took me up to the Russian River, introduced me to women's bars and like, which bar are you going to go to? Are you going to go to the lipstick bar? Are you going to go to the butch bar? And just, we just had a, a really great time. It was a really great experience. So at that point, I declared myself a lesbian. And uh, I did not tell anyone in my family, nor did I tell anyone that I worked with but I fell in love for the first time and had, I went from, you know, at the time I was smoking cigarettes and, you know, not, not doing drugs anymore, but uh, I met someone that really turned, she was a very good influence on me and got me into running and got me into, I kind of went back to my athletic self that I was in high school. Uh, we were together for three years and we still talk to each other and um, always wish, at least wish each other a happy birthday. But um, she was a very good influence in my life. I ended up telling my family, my bro- actually my brother and my sister at my father's funeral. My sister was really exceptional about it. And I think my brother struggled a little bit in the beginning and, and then ended up being very supportive. But I think he struggled with it a little bit. When I was 31, I finally um, decided to come out to my mom, which was probably the biggest thing that I'd ever done. And it was a very, very scary thing because uh, my mom was conservative. I just assumed she wasn't going to be my mom anymore based on my history. She had a, a list of things that I shouldn't do. And so I felt like in order for her to love me, I... I, it wasn't going to work. So I read all these books about coming out and had to mentally prepare myself for not having a mom. So it took me quite a while. What I want to share with you is that um, after, so it was about five years after my father died and my stepfather, my mom got married uh, about eight years after my dad died. And uh, my stepfather was a retired fireman from San Francisco. By this time, I had actually moved back to the city and I was living in San Francisco and absolutely loving it. And I was living in the Castro. And so he would always say, oh, there's nothing but fruits up there. And he was always talking, you know, talking in the vernacular about, about everybody, but had friends of every persuasion. And I just assumed that he knew that I was gay based on the way that things that he said to me. And one day we were at lunch he and I were talking. I He was trying to help me get a car. I turned to him and said, well, you know, I'm gay, right? And he, I, I don't know what he was drinking, but he had a drink and he spit the drink out and he actually didn't know. I feel like he was an angel in my life because the first thing out of his mouth was, honey, how are we going to tell your mom? And it wasn't, how are you going to tell your mom? It was, how are we going to tell your mom? Uh, it took me probably about six months Six six to eight months after, you know, at that point, I was reading all the books about coming out. During that time, which I didn't know this, he was actually clipping out um, newspaper clippings like gay teenage suicide or, or something just to um, counteract what he assumed my mom's reaction was going to be. And so one day I called him and I said, okay, I'm, I'm doing it tonight. I'm doing it. And it literally felt like I was jumping off of a mountain. And uh, my mom actually wasn't a drinker at all. And um, he came, I was sitting with, his name was Clyde. And I was sitting with Clyde and my mom walked in and he 
handed her a drink and said, you're going to need this. <laughs> and um, so my mom and I went for a walk and she obviously knew it was going to be a difficult conversation. And so the first thing she thought was that I was going to, um, that I was telling her I was pregnant. So she basically went through the three worst things. Like, are you pregnant? No. Are, do you need money? No. Are you gay? <laughs> yes. And actually that, that made it a little bit easier for me that, that she said it first. She was actually shocked. She didn't know. And I think that speaks to our relationship that she didn't know because I literally had talked about the weather and I had talked about work for my entire adult life with her. My brother and sister really discouraged me from coming out to her because they they felt like they don't talk to her about things like that, but they didn't understand how it was impacting me. And literally every time I was around my mom, I would be very tired and I just felt like I wanted to take a nap. And if you know me, you know that that's not my MO. I, I just felt like I was just suppressing everything about myself. And so I would rather not have a relationship with her than have that kind of relationship with her. So grateful that I did come out um, to her. And it took a long time, but I ended up creating a true friendship with her. And, and honestly, that was something that I couldn't even fathom growing up nor in my 20s. I mean, so, and it was something that I worked on so hard. I, you know, once saw a therapist and she said, and I said, my mom's going to disown me. And she said, well, what if you just don't let her disown you? And just the possibility of like coming up against that and like not letting that happen was a really good experience. And so she didn't speak to me for about a month. Literally, Clyde would drop the um, articles at the breakfast table and he really got her to look at it from a different perspective rather than what would her friends think, et cetera. He got her to think about how that how how it was for me. And so it was about a month that she didn't talk to me. And actually, it wasn't hard for me that she wasn't talking to me because I felt like the weight of the world came off of my shoulders. And 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 I want to say that night when I did tell her, I ended up spending the night and my stepfather was saying, Honey, whoever you love, we love. Bring them over and we're going to love them. And I could tell my mom was like a deer in headlights. It was pretty funny. And so anyway, she came around and um, I'm, I felt lucky. I feel lucky that, that we were able to have that close relationship and that it got to the point where I could actually tell her if I was going on a date and I didn't lie and I didn't make things up and I didn't talk about the weather anymore. And uh, that was a very powerful experience. I do want to say you know, during the time in my 20s, uh, when I was, I, I worked in tech at that time. And uh, it was really hard for me to get close to people because they would want to socialize. And so I would I would have things in common with people. And it wasn't okay to be out at that time in San Jose, if you wanted to move up the ladder, there were no gay people. I mean, literally a gentleman that I worked with died of AIDS and nobody knew he was gay and no one knew he had AIDS until his funeral. So that was kind of the the climate. I remember I became close with a woman. We worked in the same department and I made up a boyfriend and um, my boyfriend's name was Michael. And actually my girlfriend was Becky, but 
I would just switch the names so I could I could relate to her and we could talk about our boyfriends. Then we were just getting closer and she was wanting to do things. So then I had to stage a breakup and it was just so much work and it was exhausting. And so um, I, I am grateful that I have created a life that I no longer have to even really think about it. And I don't think about if people, how people are going to react to me. And I don't think about it if people are looking at me. I'm just so grateful that in my lifetime, things have changed as much as they have. That's really uh, beautiful to witness. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I do have a few questions. Um, uh, You mentioned in the beginning of your story that, and you feel free to like, you don't have to answer this or not. But you mentioned in the beginning of your story that you left when you were 17. Was that because you were feeling gay and you didn't want to face that? Or was there just different reasons for that? Uh, It was just different reasons. I was, uh, my parents were older when they had me and they had bought, uh, they had bought a, um, a home in a retirement community. And so I felt like I needed to grow up and get out. And um, I actually did not graduate from high school. I took the GED and I, I just couldn't wait to get on. I, I felt like I needed to move on. So it wasn't, that wasn't a painful thing. It was more like just a fact. And then the first girl that you were, uh, the one that like kind of outed you before you were ready to be outed, um, did she, was she, had she, she outed herself and she didn't care? Did she get receive the same treatment you did? Or do you know that? I think um, that's a very good question. I think when you admit to something, it relaxes people. And so, but if people are trying to find something out, then they keep coming at you. So if I had reacted like, that's right, yes, I am, they probably would have reacted differently, but I just didn't have that in me at that time. Um, I don't remember her getting hassled. She was also 38, or was she 36? I think she was 30, she was 38. And so the women that um, were at my car were definitely the younger people that worked at the bank. So I, I don't, it might've been our age. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting that that dynamic was she, she was trying to be wild though, huh? And you were trying to be more traditional. That's even more interesting <laughs> was, I know. with the age difference. It was very, yes. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned like your boss like calls you in the office like at the time where there are no protections for like gay like you know you can't ask anybody's orientation that sexual you know sexual harassment or harassment was there any of that happening at that time absolutely not and he wasn't even my boss he was like four bosses up so this was the vice president of the bank and i was a teller and so there was a lot of people that worked at the bank and I think he thought of me in a paternal way. And so, you know, when I think back at that, I don't think it was evil. I think he was trying to protect me. Um, and there there was no, I mean, they didn't even call it HR back then. It was called personnel. And we didn't even have a personnel department. I mean, it was it was just a different time. And there weren't those protections. And nobody even brought those things up. Yeah, that's that's that was crazy to me for them to yeah. bring you in and talk about that. Like, yeah. I mean, now it'd be like you'd be sued, you'd be I called know. out. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. So this was 1979. Wow, a long time ago. <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's kind of uh, awesome to see the progression, at least yes. with laws, from you know when yeah. you were trying to come out, yeah. and and to where we're at now. Yeah, 
you said you staged a, a breakup. Did you like have someone come down and like, did you have like have a friend pose as your boyfriend or did you just, did. Oh yeah. wow. And that, and that just caused a whole bunch of problems because, um, you know, he was awesome and we had this great energy cause he was a good friend of mine. He was beautiful. He was a model and good pick <laughs> totally good pick he was modeling for like the wall street journal so he had a really kind of traditional look beautiful man wonderful man so like at the christmas parties we would be dancing and everybody would think oh we want to hang out with them and um he um it was kind of funny because i almost felt like he would overcompensate by trying to act straight and like like just say stupid things like there, I went to the restroom. It was a Christmas party, and his name is Ron. Um, and he's talking to all the guys because I was friends with all these guys as well. And um, they were talking about somehow they got the on the topic of doctors. And Ron said, I could never have a female doctor because I would just get too turned on. And I'm like, Oh my god, Ron, <laughs> so just like overcompensating. But, but people really liked us, and so they started inviting us to do things. And um, it, it was like, uh-oh, now what are we going to do? So um, I didn't stage, like, we didn't have a breakup in front of people, but yes, we had to break up. And then it's just really hard to lie and remember your lies. And you don't realize the toll that it takes on you when you're doing it because you feel like you're in survival mode, but not doing it, that's when you realize the difference. Yeah, I can imagine. That's uh, that's some commitment there. It took a lot so, of commitment. So he was gay, your fake husband yes, or boyfriend? boyfriend, yeah, Ron. <laughs> your fake boyfriend, Ron. Wow, that's some... Yeah. <laughs> that kind of speaks to the person you are, though. You're very like, go for it. Like, you're going to do the whole thing. Yeah. You're not going to half-ass anything. <laughs> no. But, but yeah, I got myself in too deep. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, just, it's just really hard to, to lie. I could imagine. I could imagine, like you said, keeping everything in. Yeah, yeah I could see the. Things. Yeah, the anxiety would be overwhelming yeah. for me. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. It um really happy for you to come on and speak, especially talking about like times and errors when you know some of us aren't aware. Like, like I said, that's that was real revealing that a boss could call you in and be like, tell me this isn't true. <laughs> like, why do you care? Yeah, not true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I like to ask everybody uh, that comes on this last question. And um, so the whole purpose of this is if there's anybody out there who is scared to come out, isn't ready, you know, because of fear of like family or, you know, money issues or safety or just isn't ready to come out, what words of wisdom or advice would you give them? Well, I think having a community, we all need a community. And um, it's wonderful if you can get that community in your family, and that's not always an option. Um, so having people around you to support you, if things don't go the way you want them to go, understanding that once you take the leap, it's just a very light feeling that uh, is very powerful. I think anytime you do something that you're afraid to do, it's a very powerful feeling to just do it. You know, we I guess we're all afraid of consequences and the consequences of coming out for me were um, respecting myself. That goes a long way just in your own self-esteem. Yeah, definitely. I feel like 
you know, for myself, I was also, you know, what's crazy is how conservative San Jose is when it's really like, what do you say, like maybe 40 minutes away from San Francisco, maybe 45? Yeah, it's much less conservative now Yeah, than it was in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, that's crazy, though, yeah. to think like you could come here and there's a little bit more expression, but you go 30 to 40 minutes out and it's oh, like, yeah. no way. I mean, even even if uh, I'm a runner and so running at this time in San Jose, I'm not saying that happens now. So you would get cat called when you were running and if you looked in a in a weird way, they would call you a lesbian or a lesbian. And it seemed like a horrible thing to be called. And um, when I moved to San Francisco, like that stopped. And it, it was like something I really noticed, like, oh, there's no cat calls. It was just such a different culture. Yeah, I have to say I experienced the same. I mean, I grew up in a conservative valley town and, you know, I was definitely called a dyke a lot because I was very masculine presenting mm-hmm. um, and then coming up here and like finding others that are like me yeah. walking around and no <laughs> one gives a great. shit. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, that's so crazy that too, that I, I remember, you know, back in the day, uh, never wanting to be asked if I was a lesbian or gay. Yeah. The, just the fear of that question. It was like, it was only, it was like insulting mm-hmm. and it was something about the word i'm i'm so glad that it's been taken back and that, that it doesn't have that you know validity anymore i know so anyways thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story I really appreciate it you're very welcome 